Welcome, welcome, one and all. Yes, queer parents, welcome, cis-straight parents, binary grandparents, non-binary cousins. Uh, well, I could go on and on, but don't worry, I will not. But you are listening to From Gay to Z, and my name is Stu Oakley, hello, and with me is my lovely, gorgeous, wonderful co-host, Lottie Jeffs. Hello, and this is indeed the podcast that celebrates the bonkers world of LGBTQ plus families. And we also like to include a smidge of culture because, let's face it, no one wants to hear or talk about kids all the time. And we do like to pretend to be at least a little bit cultured, right, Lottie? Pretend? I feel like <laughs> I'm quite cultured, no? You're, cul- you're cultured. You're, you definitely are cultured. For sure. Your culture's Stu. Your uh, my culture is more like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, but that's culture. There is no hierarchy of culture. I'm all for that. This is very true. I will take it because you know even my ringtone is that as well. I feel <laughs> like yeah. If I ever meet another Real House and generally like another like gay Real Housewives like fan, I'm always like, mm, well, actually, I actually have oh it as my, my ringtone just to feel like I. Uh, You're a super fan. Yeah, kind of out housewiving them. Okay, amazing. My dream is that Andy Cohen is going to come knocking on my door and ask to do the Real Housewives of Hertfordshire one day. You have proved yourself as a veritable culture vulture right there. And talking of culture, this episode today is perfect because not only are we combining the world of queer families with entertainment because we are chatting to the wonderful and dare I say Lottie, incredibly handsome. Mm, He is. I just sat and watched him on a big screen for two hours and let's just say it was a very joyful two hours. Yes, it's Mr. Ben Aldridge, who stars in the new major film, Knock at the Cabin, which just so happens to, you know, casually have two dads as its lead characters. Amazing. And so tell me a bit more about the film. It's a M. Night Shyamalan film, right? Yes, correct. And it's a horror or a thriller? Because I am not a fan of horror movies. I would go as far as to say I'll actively avoid anything that is at all in any way scary. It's not necessarily scary. It's not jump out in your face scary. In, so in that instance, I wouldn't necessarily put it in the genre of horror. It is more of a, a thriller, a really tense, like it's suspense. It's a suspense film, okay. which obviously M. Night is the absolute master at doing. He's the modern master of it. And you're so tense. And I, I we can't talk about it too much because as with all of his films, there are many twists and turns and surprises. And if you go too much into it, it just ruins the film for you. You're better to go into it not knowing anything at Mm -hmm, all. mm -hmm. But what is out there, and honestly, I'm going to read it word for word because then I cannot be told off for ruining anything. So (laughs) it's, (laughs) it's about a young girl and her parents, who are the gay dads, and they are taken hostage by four armed strangers who demand they make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse. Ooh. Yes, that's right. And it is bloody tense. <laughs> is it? Were you on the edge of your seat, literally? It really is. I think it was a mixture of coffee and the film. And I was just like, oh, oh my word. Oh my word. It sounds amazing. And actually it does sound like something that I definitely should go and see. And I'm sure I will really want to go and see it after chatting to Ben. I 
Yeah, I think you should. And we'll cover it when we chat with Ben, but obviously it covers a lot to do with queer families. Mm. So I definitely think you should give it a try. But whilst we wait for Ben, who's going to be joining us soon, anything exciting been happening in Lottie's wonderful queer universe this week? Well, actually, something I did want to bring to the table today was a little bit of trolling, a little bit of light trolling that I've encountered. Yeah, what happened was I'm doing an event at a museum in Greenwich, um, the Maritime Museum. Lovely. And they're doing this brilliant festival. You're going to wear a little hat. I'm going to wear a sailor. I mean, any opportunity to dress up as a sailor. Yacht rock style. So I'm. they're doing this LGBT History Month festival called Out at Sea. Brilliant program of events for kids and families and anyone that's celebrating queer history and maritime culture and history, I guess. Um, and as part of this, they asked me to come and read my book, And Freddie McConnell, friend of the show, Freddie McConnell, trans dad, is also reading his book, which is a lovely book called Little Seahorse and the Big Question. So the museum put out an Instagram post about this event. And I kind of casually looked at the Instagram post to see what the comments were. And they were really horrible. What did it say? So it was stuff like, so the one that really got me was this woman who was obviously a mum because her profile picture was her and two kids. And her two kids were wearing that strong girls club t-shirt. So she's obviously, you know, right on in some respects. And she was like, who goes to a museum to have their sexuality validated? What? Because I had written a quote, I should have said this. I, I had written a quote <laughs> oh, here that we go. was on the pi- no, 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 that was on the picture. So my quote was: "Queer parents go to museums with their kids as much as any parents, or at least get as far as the cafe. But to now feel seen and validated within these spaces makes all the difference." So that I guess is what this Karen, and we may call her Karen, was responding to Let's call her by Karen. saying that who expects to see their sexuality validated. Um, but then there was a load of people just being like, oh, eye roll, unfollow, boring, another people pandering to the woke mob, blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, here's a classic. Why do I need to be told daily who other people like to sleep with? It's a museum. I leave my personal life at home. Live your life how you want, but why shove it down people's throats at every opportunity? Do I go around informing every stranger on the street that I'm straight? No. Why? Because that's my own private business and I'm not interested in yours. What's so hard to understand? So that, I think, gives an insight into these comments. Um, The thing is, and you told me this a long time ago, Lottie, when I did an article and I kept looking at the comments and you were like, just never look at the comments, never look mm. at them because people make it their professional business to troll. And like that, the woman that you've just said there, she's not saying anything that we haven't heard before. I know. And it's, I guess I'm just in my own little bubble sometimes mm. and I forget that these opinions exist. And like the fact that it's people that obviously follow a museum Instagram account and they a cultured people or they're living among me <laughs> it's just quite scary it is um, and it's just dis- and it's honestly it's so incredibly disappointing it's a shame you had to read them at all mm. but also i suppose knowing that they are out there yeah it makes us realize that actually there is that hideousness towards us sometimes but it's the ignorance of these people as well okay so here's someone called sunny caroline <laughs> I mean, I'm yet to see the sun with this comment, Caroline, so tell me. Um, She says, 
I love to wear pink socks. I am a minority also. Is there a week for me? Oh, and then she goes God. on. And it's like the fundamental lack of understanding yeah. of that person. And brilliantly, someone replied. Oh, did, um, they? did they? It wasn't you, was it? No, no, it wasn't. It was my, <laughs> I sent the, I sent the people out to war for me. <laughs> this woman called Katie Guest said, spoken like someone who has never spent a second thinking about how the entire world shoves heterosexuality down everyone's necks. Are you oppressed for wearing pink socks? What a dumb comment nice so i'm really pleased that she said that couldn't have said it better and actually i put a thing on my instagram saying that this had happened and so many lovely people have hopped onto the comments for the museum and put really really lovely positive things so i feel like i took your advice and i didn't say anything and i didn't email or get into it with these people that were being stupid and ignorant and in the end, love triumphed because now there's only three or four horrible comments and a absolute deluge of really lovely, positive comments. Well, there you so go. yeah, it did make me worried though that like this mob of like braying bigots and Karens were going to come down to the museum and no, they often just stay at home clicking away with their click click mm. click click click. Let's say something mean. Let's say something horrid. Let's make somebody feel bad about themselves. It's just, and this whole, the whole notion of, oh God, it's so woke. Yeah, too right. I want to be woke. You know, the very definition of the word woke means to stand up for injustice. So mm. it's too, too right. Don't throw woke, mm. don't throw woke in our face because we'll catch it and love it. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, what about you? What's been going on in your world? Oh, it's been the same old, same old this week. Although I was, we had a very busy Sunday. My poor son as well. I dragged him along to a park run. Then he had his stage school. Then he had a party. And poor boy, by the end of it, was just like You're a tiger dad. I know, I don't normally do that. And I don't know why we did so much in just one day. It's just the way it fell. But when I was at the party, oh my God, there's a really lovely guy at the school, a really lovely other parent. And he was chatting and he was like, oh, by the way, Stu, we were talking like we were going to get some of the dads together to do like a beer night out, like with all the dads, like, oh, you have to come along. And then he quickly was like, oh, yeah, oh, you need to get babysitter because both of you would come along. And it was all very like the whole notion of a dad beer night just made me just be a bit like. Now I'm going to challenge you on this. Okay, go on then. Why do you feel that? Like what's so wrong with a dad's beer night? You could drink a glass of Prosecco. Because it's just, it feels, it's the whole idea of it. It's not, oh, let's have a parents' night out together. To have the, It's very gendered. I get it. It's okay. so gendered. And it's everything, Lottie, it's everything against what we always go on about. Like. I know, but also like just to like doubly challenge Just because ourselves. you want to be like, in the dad's club. Yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> That's exactly like why. Yeah. But is it like your stereotype of dads? And like, what if you got there and there were loads of like, Gay dads and non-binary dads and interesting, funny, cool, nice dads that it was like just fun to get to know. Well, for one, I know that there there wouldn't be. God, let's hope no one from your kids' school is listening <laughs> to this. Bloody hell. <laughs> no, I love them and I would love, I'd love to go. It was just the whole, the, the only thing that made me be a bit like, mm, and this guy particularly, I'd love to go out for a drink with him. Like, it's, But it was just that whole notion of 
let's do a dad's night mm. and then does that mean there's going to be a mum's night and then it's that thing of just feeling yeah like where do you sit and where do you and why do you even need to do that and the whole thing of it being dad's beers it's like oh let's go out and leave the women at home tonight with the kids like, okay you've convinced me you've there we convinced go. me okay Fair but I'm well up for a parent's beer and cocktail night why don't you do you feel canaps and nuts and <laughs> do you feel like you could get back to this dad and say hey Steve how about we do a parents night instead so it's a bit more inclusive for everyone or would you just not bother do you know what I am going to do that I'm going to do it I think you should and get my phone now and tapping away tap 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 yeah okay leave that's my challenge okay for next week and I'll tell you what happened see what happens definitely drop in that you want canapes and (laughs) prosecco (laughs) yeah can we just and martinis and uh you know, can we just elevate this slightly? Yeah. <laughs> can we elevate the experience? <laughs> Ooh, can you hear that? It's a knock at the podcast door. Oh my God, Lot, that is so cheesy. Well, <laughs> I am literally the Gorgonzola of podcast hosting, we know that. Hello, anyway, Mr. Ben Aldridge. <laughs> hey, Ben. Hello, I love that. That was great. What an intro. Okay. Not that we practice. <laughs> no, not at all. Tell. Not at all. It was great. <laughs> Ben, thank you so much for for joining us. Um, But also, can I just take this opportunity to say thank you, because thanks to you, I got to spend two hours in a dark room with no kids, no drama, nothing today. And it was heaven, (laughs) as well as also the film being bloody good as well. Oh my God, that film is so tense, Ben. You're very welcome. I'm sorry it wasn't a more relaxing time away from your children. It's quite um, <laughs> quite intense and anxiety-inducing film. But yeah, thank you so much for having me here, guys. Yeah. It's a pleasure to talk to you. No, it's a pleasure is all ours. And uh, I guess this film has been quite the adventure for you, right? Yeah, from the moment of the moment of auditioning for it, in which um, you know, night doesn't allow you, M Night doesn't allow you to see the script, so you don't really know what you're auditioning for, what you don't at all. Oh wow! And then you kind of like putting your hat in the ring kind of fighting for the role and then I was only allowed to read it once he had decided he wanted me to be in the film so that was an interesting wow. Oh, wow. first uh page turn just discovering like what he wanted us all to be a part of you know and it's um it's a very relentless film it's very it was very relentless to make as well but it's been it's been such an exciting adventure and I mean it's safe to say that really mainstream studio films don't depict queer characters as their leads particularly and especially not two gay dads Mm. I mean it's almost unheard of was this something that stood out to you when you did eventually get the script (laughs) when you saw it yeah yeah it did I mean I knew I knew I was was auditioning to be part of a gay couple um and I could I could sense from the there was a scene with our with the child with our child in there as well with um when in there so I did I knew but I didn't know how much I didn't even know the size of the part or, or, or um, the involvement I'd have. And I was really excited to think mm. that it was centering a single sex parent family. But what I love about it is that it normalizes that as it should. The, the, the treatment of that couple in the film, it could be any couple. And that's the premise of the film. It could be any family that go mm. through this extreme situation that they go through. But at the same time, you know, Knight, I think, handles it really well in that he also honors that kind of shared common queer journey a lot of us will have lived through be it coming out to your parents be it homophobia it's really deftly handled I think in the film really lightly handled it it, um it honors it without kind of it being the center of the film and really the center of the film is 
it's love, you know, it's the love between this this family, which I think is a, a completely universal thing to tap into and to relate to. And um, mm. yeah, I know that I know that Jonathan and I were really excited to think like, like you said, like it's a it's a major studio backed genre film that kind of like honors but doesn't comment on too much about about this queer family. So we were just really excited and, and, and proud to be there yeah it really it really did feel like the subject of the gay dads was as you say it was so beautifully handled by m night yeah um i really loved it when when the little girl who by the way oh my mm. god she's amazing how adorable is she so, it's her first <laughs> ever film that's the first oh my exactly. god Insane. oh my she's word because she's an eight-year-old in the film right i think yeah, yeah. yeah she's about the same age as my daughter and i was just like oh my god that's right. she's incredible but i love when she's describing her two dads to Leonard. I mean, we won't go into too much of the film. We said this in our intro earlier. Yeah. To our, like, we can't do, we can't say too much because the beauty of going into an M Night film is that you don't actually know, like yourself, when you were going into it to audition, yeah, you don't know too much about it. But I mean, right at the beginning of the film, she's describing her dads to Leonard. Um, and I just thought that it was a really lovely way that she was describing it. I mean, as M Night himself, isn't queer yeah was there many conversations like what were the conversations like on set to make sure especially because of so little representation out there I'd imagine there was a lot of pressure to get that right do you know what it's I thought there would be and we had two weeks rehearsal and I was like he's gonna he's gonna really want to get down with the gays here he's gonna be asking <laughs> me and Jonathan questions he's gonna be you know doing a deep dive and all of that and he it's it's funny I think I think he didn't want to, I, I don't know. He's a, he's a kind of a, he's very mysterious. Yes. <laughs> he's mysterious and he's all at once kind of vulnerable and very open, but he's also very mysterious. So I, I'm not quite sure if he pre-planned how he was going to interact with us at all, but he didn't ask any questions about that. He really didn't. And he just, he was just like, well, they're, they're a family who love each other. You're two people who love each other. There was never any discussion about the specificities really which sometimes I was like I'm surprised I'm surprised he doesn't want to know more but then I think the other side of that was just his his absolute acceptance and rightly so yeah of 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 who we are and of and of that and of that love between the family so it was really it was really interesting of course Jonathan and I like had stuff we were just sharing all the time uh, own experiences as actors and coming out and and that kind of thing so there was there was a lot for us to discuss but um yeah it's interesting night night didn't kind of hone in on that so much Ben, without really giving away too many spoilers, there (laughs) seems to be this underlying question throughout the film of, is what is happening to this family perhaps anything to do with the fact that they are a queer family? Or is it not? You know, it really keeps you guessing. And I just wondered if that is something that you think that we kind of carry around as LGBTQ folks, this slight sense of dread, I guess, at times that something, Mm. someone will turn on us or that we're not in a safe space. Yeah, I think, I think certainly Andrew, the character I play is, is deeply affected by homophobia that he's experienced in the past. And it's led him to make some preemptive and defensive choices in his life. And it was interesting to, I mean, I've had incidents that happened to me in my life as well, and I've had to really check myself against it informing me too much, Mm. I think, Mm. um, or allowing me to feel as free as I want to uh, feel at times. We did that um, homophobic attack scene on, that was our first thing that we filmed. Oh, wow. (laughs) Straight in. Yeah, straight in. And it's quite quite an intense 
seen. And yeah, it's quite a thing to kind of carry around the idea that that can happen. You know, mm. I don't know that I do think every day that because of who I am, I could be a victim of hate. I don't think I live with that knowledge every single day. I think I can be in certain situations where I might be slightly careful, but like, mm, yeah. yeah, it was it was something to grapple with. I think it's really hard. We're constantly working with what we've uh, with our conditioning aren't we as as gay people and and what we've grown up with I mean I I still even though I feel like I've done so much work on shame and overcoming that I will still be reshamed by something or realize that something is is playing up a little bit and I think yeah to answer your question I think maybe there is a something in the back of our mind that questions safety and if not safety then acceptance or or judgment Mm. you know and that's difficult. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually felt that at one point, I think it was very early on in the film, I was surrounded by, you know, I assume it, they've, it, <laughs> generalisation, I felt like I was surrounded by a lot of straight people. And I suddenly had this knowing right. that the two main characters were gay dads. I was like, oh God, like, it's that feeling in the pit of your stomach that people are going to, you know, be, you know, you can't hear an eye roll in the in the cinema, but like to tart or make a <laughs> yeah. comment or do something like if there was a tender moment between, I, I mean, it quickly went away and you say it's not something you feel all the time, but it's, it's those moments where you suddenly go, oh, okay. Yeah. I think because we all, also so unused to having these representations in these mainstream films. Yeah, that's such an interesting thing. It is, it is I mean, even though, you know, queer cinemas existed for such a long time and in a very niche art house way and there have been mainstream films, but they but they haven't handled us like or they haven't treated us like we we are currently it, it does it is very in a progressive state right now. Yeah. And I, I that's such an interesting thing to be an audience member and to be experiencing that for the first time. That sense of like, oh, I, like I hope it goes over well. Yeah, it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it kind of, it means something. To, it means something to all of us. Yeah, yeah. The whole point of a mainstream film is that it's being seen by so many, and also congratulations because the box office is, you know, in its opening weekend has been amazing. Mm, yeah, and you know, and it shows that it wasn't obviously marketed as a queer film for queer people. It is a mainstream film, and that means. There are lots of straight people out there watching a really healthy, I must say as well. I mean, obviously the mm. film is <laughs> an extreme situation, but you can see, yeah. and obviously the whole point of it is you and Jonathan's character are this really wonderful family unit yeah. with Wen. And yeah, so that's, it's so important. Yeah. think Ben that we're almost like at this point in time now with representation that bad things can start happening to queer families on screen because we've reached saturation like they no longer have to be presented with this kind of like preciousness Mm. they can be imperfect horrific stuff can happen to queer families as well as straight families and like is that actually a good sign I I think it is yeah I mean I, I really understand I understand the call and the um, how tired people are of seeing tragic gay stories. But I also think that is part of our history and that's part of our narrative. And I, I, I understand the want to see like queer joy and stories where we're just existing as happy people. And I think there should be room, you know, in TV and in film for both of those things. I, I know that I, I've learned so much from watching queer stories that aren't that aren't happy where where difficult things do happen where people do die of HIV I think like it's it's so important for us to learn about our own history there and I don't know I'd like to I was always curious about the reaction to this whether there would be a pushback against what happens to the family in the end 
and um if people are because people were so kind of against anything bad happening <laughs> to us <laughs> yeah. or our community our, com- our community don't want to see it anymore but but for me like yeah i think absolutely lottie that's that's like that's it's progress if we if we are we can't sanitize ourselves you know like bad stuff can happen to us yeah it's like we can gay people can be villains yeah you know? yeah like, and that's okay like yeah we don't always have to be the sort of perfect bastion of representation exactly that although throughout cinema history we have been villains quite a few times I that's true yeah. <laughs> but it's all, yeah. yeah i feel like with where we're at now like in terms of like surfing the wave of, we need like, to go the other side get how gays are considered today yeah i think ultimately what we want is like reality right like i i i don't want I don't want kind of like propaganda I want truth like I want truth in what I watch whatever that is and I think that means that wonderful things and wonderful people can be gay and I think bad things can happen to gay people and wonderful things can happen to gay people Mm. I think the kind of sterilization or or the we can we can only be seen one way is is a I understand it as a reaction Mm. to how we've been perceived and portrayed in the past I really do but I would like yeah I think the ultimate progress would be to kind of be okay with us being represented in a multiple of ways as long as they're truthful you are listening to From Gay to Z, an LGBTQ plus parenting podcast with me, Lottie Jeffs. And me, Stu Oakley. And we have one quick favour to ask in return for all of this quality chat and content and bringing you brilliant guests like Ben completely for free. Stu. Yes, please. Please. Actually, I don't want to sound too desperate here, but please do share this episode with all of your friends. Personal recommendation is so important to us when it comes to getting new listeners and spreading the queer word. We would really love for you to tell people about us, uh, hopefully in a good way. And we'd love for you to give us a five star review and a rating in your podcast player. Oh, God, I sound like the Uber driver I had last night. It was like five stars. Yes, five stars. I hate that when you do five stars or you do under five stars, you then have to give a reason. So I always just do five stars. I know. I always do five stars, even if it's terrible. Maybe we should ask people why if they give us four stars. Yeah. <laughs> Please give us a rating. Five stars would be great. It would really help us out. Anyway, we will be right back with more from Ben Aldridge after this. Welcome back to the second part of the show. We are still with actor Ben Aldridge, who is star of M. Night Shyamalan's film Knock at the Cabin. And Ben, you and Jonathan, who is your husband in the film, you make very handsome daddies. Was it, tell us the tea, (laughs) spill the tea, was it good fun to work together? And how would you rate your fictional parenting abilities as a couple? (laughs) Um, It was the best fun ever. He is such a wonderful, wonderful person. And I'd been aware of him for like years. So when I was was in my final year at drama school, when I was 21, I had started auditioning for the, the... the transfer from uh, to the West End of Spring Awakening, in which the, he was the lead, Melchior. Amazing. And I was auditioning to be Melchior, but on the West End. So I have known about him for a long time. He like I listened to the cast recording of that album endlessly for a year. I, I did twelve auditions over the space of a year. So like he taught me how to sing it. And then Looking was a very important TV show to me. I loved, I loved that. I love that series. I loved that show. Yeah, and I've always found his like career inspiring as well because he manages to he's, he's managed to be on, on stage, on film, 
and in TV as well. He's managed to like straddle it all in a very respect, and he's respected as well. So I was very excited. I was excited that he was he was cast. And yeah, we just had this like instant. We had an instant rapport. We just got on straight away. The moment he he got in the car and we were on our way to set, it was just like it, it was this kind of never ending conversation. Thank God because <laughs> yeah. it's it's always so like it's like yes, oh good, there's a connection there because it's really. If it's not there, it's like, you know, it's going to be a bit harder work. Um, so we had such a good time. We had such a laugh. And as a cast as well, we were like super bonded as a cast. And also thank God for that, because the film was so intense that we, we you know, we managed to have fun outside of the four, the four walls of the cabin. Yeah. No one went method. Oh my no God, one can went you method. imagine? No, no one, <laughs> that would be no one went method by choice. But I think we were all feeling the fear a little bit because you're just playing like you're, you're shallow breathing. You're playing tension the entire time. Not method, but I think it started to kind of affect us. I think we were like eight, eight weeks of being tied to a chair. <laughs> <laughs> was, was like, okay, I'm ready for this to end now um and yeah our parenting we just like fell in love with Kristen she is she is she is just so want she's so intelligent so funny she calls herself a sass queen she would call me a sass queen (laughs) she always called us daddies so she's never used my real name so she was a bit method so she always called me daddy andrew daddy Daddy Eric, she, and she was referring to us as her daddies on the red carpet at the premiere last week. Oh, too cute. Um, <laughs> so cute. And we just became like such good friends. We had these two weeks of rehearsal and Knight was like, um, he didn't even really task us with it, but he was like, you know, try and spend some time with her if you can. And we did, we really hung out with her in the park, her and her mum, and played Just Dance on the PlayStation. We we went ice skating with her. She's an insane ice skater. She's incredible, like competitive ice skater at the age of eight. And yeah, we just had the best time really. And it did, it did feel like this little family. I mean, I've got nieces and a nephew who I'm incredibly close with, but it's the most I've ever felt like a dad, um, which was a very, very new feeling for me. Yeah, because something we talk about a lot is, I suppose we're in a generation where some of us felt it wasn't possible to ever be parents. And Mm. then obviously times have changed now. Did it make you broody in any way? Or is that the feeling you've had in the sense of like, have you felt it's always been a possibility whether you want to or not? No, growing up, I never imagined myself with a family. I've never been in my family thinking, oh, I'll recreate this at some point. And I think that's because thinking it wasn't a possibility, even though I hadn't kind of identified as who who I was. I think deep down, I didn't ever even let myself imagine that uh and and you know what it's it's even knowing that it's totally a possibility you know obviously since coming out and yeah knowing that that's very much an option it's still something I haven't considered so this was the first time I was like oh this is how this is how this could feel you know there's something really and also I think Jonathan and I bonded so super quickly because of Kristen. Mm, yeah. Because there was this like kind of family intimacy between the three of us. It was something different. And and there was a sense of like us, it was her first ever film, so us kind of educating her and just this sharing. I don't know. It was it was really it was beautiful. But yeah, I I haven't really ever or or more actually before this film, it was something I thought I probably won't do. But this is it did make me kind of think. Oh, maybe. I don't know. And and then I think I also, I really believe that you have to really want and desire that. Mm-hmm. And that's somewhere that I'm not, that hasn't really happened to me yet. But maybe, maybe this is the beginnings of that. And and I, I guess my attitude would be more that like, I'm more open to it potentially now. 
Well, we know a great podcast we can recommend. <laughs> yeah. If you need any information, you've come to the yeah. right place. Um, but listen, Ben, it's been so great to have you on the show. And yes, as we said, if you do ever decide to pursue a journey to parenthood, you know where to find us. Oh, guys, I will be knocking upon your door. Pun intended. Oh, oh yeah, there we go. We've gone, we've gone full circle. And also, we're going to look forward to Spoiler Alert as well, which is another film you've got coming out soon. And yeah. Yeah, you're you're smashing it right now, Mr. Aldridge. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you so much for having me on as well, guys. Thanks for chatting about the film and for this angle on it as well, because it's been so nice to talk specifically about the gay daddies element of all of it. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And um, go and see the film if you haven't already, listener. I thought you were telling Ben to go see the film. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he should go see it too. Yeah. I mean, maybe he hasn't. Yeah, go, go and see it. And then just be like, it's me in the cinema. Love that. It's just me, guys. It's me going to go down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I forgot to ask him a lot. I oh, forgot no, to what? ask. For a date? Uh, well, that aside, I mean, what a dreamy man. I'm sorry. Hello. Um, but I forgot to ask him if he's managed to get any Madonna tickets. Because that is obviously, that and Beyonce is the, the hot question topic on every gay moment. Yes. Everyone is going wild for these tickets. Have you even applied to get tickets for Beyonce or Madonna? Can I tell you something? You've got Beyonce tickets. No, I'm going to see Madonna. Are you? Yes. Oh. Oh my yes. God. I'm so how, excited. How did I'm you so excited. My, and how much did you pay? <laughs> <laughs> so I paid nothing. <gasps> Stew. I know. No, my wonderful, gorgeous, beautiful best friend, Laura, has got us tickets and she said it's on her and it's for my birthday treat. Oh my God. Amazing. When she messaged, I was like, oh my God. And she's the one that we try and go to see her all the time together. Do you know what? Controversially, mm. I would rather see Beyonce than Madonna. Is that? I don't think that's that controversial, especially with the way that people perceive old Madge nowadays. Well, there is that. I will always fight her corner because she is... I mean, I won't get onto my little Madonna soapbox that I have that I often pull out when anybody disrespects her. But she is the OG, really, in many ways. She is, she is. I mean, look at like... I mean, obviously her inspiration like trickles down to so many artists today, but I'm just thinking because it was the Grammys quite recently, like Sam Smith. Oh. Talk about body positivity and owning it. Yeah, but the backlash to it as well is oh, potentially yeah. to be under, you know, what, I mean, where, what's your take on that? I just think good for Sam Smith. I am so happy to see them just living their truth and loving themselves and enjoying it. And, you know, we need to get used to seeing all sorts of different bodies enjoying being in their bodies because it's true like as so many critics have been saying if Sam Smith was a cisgendered woman and was wearing those clothes and singing that song in that video no one would bat an eyelid no so it gets to the root of so many of our fundamental hmm. paradoxes with gender that people have a problem with Sam Smith enjoying their sexuality and enjoying their body and I just think it's brilliant that they are putting themselves out there and I am so here for it. I agree I agree as somebody who's always had I've always had body issues I've always felt I'm overweight I've always at times been very overweight I was a very overweight teenager I had massive issues and if I had seen someone like Sam being out there being queer being able to express themselves and dress in a way that just makes them 
look really powerful and like they're having lots of fun, mm. then it's it would be really interesting to see how that would have changed the way that I see myself. And, you know, to bring it back to families as well, that makes me happy that... I mean, everyone gets on their, you know, talking about soapboxes again, they get their soapbox out about, oh, the children, the children, the children may see a big man's nipples or a big non-binary person's nipples, you know. And, you know, actually, I'd be really happy that my kids see that because they're growing up seeing different types of bodies and different types of, absolutely, you know, people, which only can help them feel more secure in themselves. It's not going to set them off on some kind of mm. I don't know like sexual perversion you know <laughs> I know I feel like there's this sense that if a child sees one thing it's gonna like radically disturb them for the rest of their life and it's like sorry but so many children have grown up with examples of heterosexuality rammed down their throat from birth mm. and they're still gay so why is seeing it's, one yeah. example of a happy queer person doing something going to change the outcome of that child's life totally by them being a different sexuality or gender you know like come on people I know oh. and bring it back to the OG again I mean that's why again you know Madonna she's always been so body positive mm. and yeah she's always had a cracking she figure has. but that's why I love her now as well that a lot of people are very anti-Madonna because they're like oh put it away don't do this you're too old you're too this and she's like you I can do what I want I will do what I want I will show what I want and wear what I yes. want and the hot young boyfriend yes and like, you know I love her I do love her I, I feel bad for saying I would rather see Madonna Beyonce than Madonna I would love to see both of them but if somebody gave me two tickets and said you could only pick one mm-hmm. I would probably pick Beyonce just because I resonate more well you know that this tour is gonna be the this that album is incredible renaissance yeah and you know she's going to bring it and it's going to be epic yeah totally and so queer and fun and amazing but yeah anyway a discussion a discussion for another time because i think you and i both actually have to go and get those blasted children don't we from school what is the time oh my god okay i think no we do have time we have time to do a problem shared okay great A Problem Shared is a feature that we've launched in this podcast where you, dear listener, send us either a voice note or an email where you share a family queer related problem with us and Stu and I try our best to help you or at the very least try and not make it any worse for you so well I think we make it more muddled to be honest I mean we let's probably go, do, we're not you know, we're, we're no Claire Rayner you know what I mean <laughs> I feel like that's such a retro reference I it don't is. think anyone under the age of 30 is gonna know who Claire Rayner is oh my word Claire Rayner you need to oh who's God, the like everyone. Gen Z equivalent of an agony aunt us it's gonna be us Lottie it's us moving forward uh Florence Given does she do agony aunt I don't know she does like problems for young Dolly people. Dolly Dolly Alderton Dolly Dolly that's, okay well we're no dollies we're no dollies we're no dollies and audience if you know Claire Rayner let me know because I want to feel like I am not too past it anyway (laughs) okay so I'm going to read out this problem which is from a listener who hasn't given their name but uh, is keen for us to help them so the problem says hey Lottie and Stu whilst I'm straight I loved some families as it taught me so much about queer families, especially as my brother is LGBTQ+. This is the reason I wanted to get in touch with you. I am pregnant with my first child, congratulations, and my brother recently came out as non-binary. 
I wanted to ask if you had any experience or advice on what we can start calling them. Would the term uncle be offensive to someone who is non-binary? They are happy with the term brother, so might be fine with uncle, but would really love your thoughts as I don't want to get this wrong. Oh, Ooh, what a nice ally sibling. Yeah, I, I think even the fact that you're giving this much thought to it, mm. I think your intention is obviously so incredibly in the right place that I really don't think you can go wrong here. I really don't. But it's, I mean, my first part of call would be to say, sounds like your brother is approachable. So maybe have that conversation with them. I would agree. If they, maybe they, maybe they've already had an idea of what they want mm. to be called. I think, I don't think you should feel that asking them what they'd like to be called is in potentially offensive thing I think that it's completely the opposite actually and I think it shows that you really respect them and their wishes and want to understand and want them to feel comfortable and happy in your family relationship so I would really urge you to ask them I think it would almost be worse if you started passing the yeah, buck but I think it would be worse if you start <laughs> going ask you them. googled it and you were like what is non-binary name for uncle and it was like Zinkle or something, and you just started like <laughs> randomly saying, "Oh, congratulations on becoming a Zinkle to your sibling." They might find that more like problematic than if you just ask them. If you just ask and just. Or... Although I do feel like I've just come up with a good one, Zinkle. Yeah, I I think that is great. But again, like you say, make sure that they feel comfortable with that. Yeah. In my limited experience with non-binary people is that they are really open to people learning and and working with them on things. It's mm. not that, I, I can't remember who it was, there's a famous non-binary person who said, I don't mind, I think it was Emma, I think it was Emma, uh, actually this might have even been in the interview. <laughs> was this well. in the interview that I did? <laughs> like, there was a brilliant interview that I read by someone. But I think Emma said something along the lines Listener, of... It was me. <laughs> yeah, I think Emma said something along the lines of, you know, I don't mind if people call me she or her sometimes because that's going to happen and I'm not going to be like militant about it, but I mm. would like where possible people to call me they or them. And so that maybe applies in this case to this to to her brother. Mm. They might not mind being called uncle, mm-hmm. um, but check in with them and see and have a chat. And I do think, what did you say? Zunkle, zinkle. 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 Zunkle. Zunkle. Uncle. I mean, there's no end. <laughs> I mean, you could go. You could. You could go. Gung. I mean, Gunkle is obviously a popular one. But I've heard. What is it? Nib- nibbling. Nibbling. What as a sibling? Oh sip- no! A- what was it? I've heard when it's a non-binary child that is somebody's equivalent of niece or nephew. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Nib- Nibbling, maybe? Nibbling. No, it can't be nibbling. Oh, listener, let us know, please. Let us know. Yeah. What do you call each other in your queer family? Have you got any tips or tricks that we can share with this listener? Because that might just help her in her. I would say this is not maybe a problem shared, it's more just a question she Mm, had. Definitely. And I just feel like she's the kind of sibling that we all need in our lives. So go you. Um, Right, Lottie, I'm really late now to get the kids. I'm really late, Stu. No, 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 I'm really late. I'm 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 going going to do a Lottie Ninja. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. 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 It's normally me that likes to leave a room first, even if it's a virtual room. Um, Thank you, listeners, so much for listening. This has been From Gay to Z with Lottie and Stu. And if you like this episode, please do share it. A personal recommendation is so valuable. It really helps us reach new listeners. 
Also, sorry if this is quite a lot to ask and you're busy, but if you can rate and review it in your podcast player, we'd be so grateful. Don't forget, if you'd like to get in touch with us to share whatever you like, maybe it's your own name for a non-binary family member or a problem that we could potentially make worse for you, then email lottieandstew at gmail.com. So that's Lottie spelt L-O-T-T-E, no I, and the word and, and then stew, which is S-T-U at gmail.com. <laughs>